G'day and welcome to Ad Nauseam Podcast. This is Kieran. Today we're going to talk about lumbar puncture. Our reference is the Emergency Procedures app, Dunn and Robertson Hedges. Indications for lumbar puncture? There are three main ones. Uh, CNS infections suspected, so meningoencephalitis, or subarachnoid hemorrhage suspected, with greater than or equal to 12 hours having elapsed after the headache onset and a CT brain done. Also, think about idiopathic uh, intracranial hypertension and demyelinating diseases such as DBS and MS. In terms of contraindications, both absolute and relative, absolute uh, RNR greater than or equal to 1.5, unfractionated heparin, low molecular weight heparin or NOAC less than 12 hours, platelets less than 50, suspected raised ICP or reduced level of consciousness, relative, platelets less than 100, hemodynamic instability, trauma to the lumbar vertebra, overlying skin infection and a Chiari malformation. Situations where you would want a CT brain prior to lumbar puncture include a reduced level of consciousness or GCS, age greater than 60, immunocompromised state, focal neurological finding, suspicion of raised intracranial pressure, history of a CNS lesion and seizure activity less than or equal to seven days previously. In terms of our alternatives, one is to defer and empirically treat and also a CT angiogram in suspected subarachnoid hemorrhage. Consent can be written or verbal in most cases. In terms of potential complications, failure to obtain CSF is probably the most common. Back pain and radicular pain in 20%. Headache in 20% with a 22-gauge needle. Bleeding, as in an epidural or soft-tissue hematoma. Epidural hematoma, obviously, uh, leading to possible cord compression. Infection, leading to meningitis. That could be an epidural abscess or discitis or osteomyelitis, a vertebral osteomyelitis, nerve damage, and epidermoid tumours, in addition to cerebral herniation, which is quoted at about a 10% risk in increased uh, ICP cases, 5% acute, 5% delayed. For infection control, standard sterile preparation. For space and staff, Check the department's appropriate for you to be doing the procedure, but you only need a standard bed and one assistant to help with unpacking their sterile equipment. For equipment or stuff, you need a LP needle, obviously, uh, and the introducer needle, if it's a pencil point or Sproddy or Whitaker branded needle, a 22 or 25 gauge atraumatic spinal needle of usually 90 millimetres long, 22 gauge of measuring opening pressure, 25 gauge of not measuring opening pressure, with the introducer needle being a sharp beveled cutting needle. Longer spinal needles are needed in raised BMI. You think about BMI 25 to 35 using a 120 millimeter needle and BMI greater than 35 using a 150 millimeter needle if you can get your hands on one. You need a lumbar puncture set that includes a manometer if measuring opening pressure three to four collecting tubes and foil for xanthochromia, and to also think about op- uh, optional ultrasound to uh, calculate the depth of the ligament flavum, and then also analgesia and sedation, so lignocaine, of course, for the skin uh, and the subcutaneous tract, and also perhaps some midazolam, one to two milligrams intravenously, 
titrated to anxiolysis or morphine, 2.5 to 5 milligrams IV, or even ketamine, 10 to 20 milligrams uh, intravenously. For positioning, sitting, the patient sits on the edge of the bed with the chair supporting the feet. The hips are at greater than 90 degrees of flexion. The patient leans forward, hugging a pillow or leaning on a train table beside the bed. You want maximum flexion of the lumbar spine and remember that opening pressure can't be measured whilst sitting upright. For the lying position, the patient lays on their side with the back to the edge of the bed. The patient's hips should be at maximum tolerable flexion, ensuring the knees are together and the shoulders are not rotated. Aim to position the lower back in the vertical plane. If unconscious, an assistant maintains spinal flexion the opening pressure is measured in the lying position. For the procedure, in terms of locating the space, identify the iliac crests. In the midline is L4-5 and palpate that midline and you can go in that space L4-5 or one above L3-4. Palpate the interspinous space and mark the skin with a needle cap using sustained pressure for 5-10 to seconds. If you're using ultrasound to locate the space, use the curvy linear probe, the abdominal probe, orient it vertically, lateral to the midline, identify the spinous processes and the space in between, and identify the ligamentum flavum and estimate that distance. In terms of anatomy, you're going through skin, subcutaneous tissue, supraspinous ligament, interspinous ligament, ligament, ligamentum flavum, epidural space, the dura, and then subarachnoid space. For the actual lumbar puncture, you're going to confirm the landmarks firstly, infiltrate with local anaesthetic subcutaneously, infiltrate local anaesthetic deeper down through the interspinous ligament, insert the cutting, introduce a needle at the midline, aiming between the spinous processes towards the umbilicus, so slightly kephaled, insert the introducer three centimetres to allow tissues to maintain the insertion axis and insert the LP needle then through the introducer. Maintain a constant pressure feeling uh, for increased resistance which is the ligamentum flavum and then remove the stylet and check for CSF flow allowing for 5 to 10 seconds. If there's no flow advance the atraumatic needle 2 to 3 millimetres without the stylet and recheck for CSF flow again allowing for 5 to 10 seconds. Repeat the small, slow advances until flow of CSF is obtained. You may feel a release of pressure once past the ligamentum flavum. You may also feel a pop when going through the dura. Once CSF flow is identified, collect a sample, so 10 to 15 drops per tube and 3 to 4 tubes. You may use the stylet to control flow between samples, and once samples are collected, please reinsert reinsert the stylet fully. Remove the introducer and the LP needle complex together and then apply a sterile dressing to the site. For failure, including bone resistance, if there's bone resistance felt, then remove the LP needle, remove the introducer until the tip's subcutaneous, in, uh, increase the introducer incline at an angle about 5 to 10 degrees, reinsert the introducer and then the atraumatic needle. If resistance is again felt, repeat in the opposite direction. And you can try this at a different space, reposition the patient, and also give the patient analgesia and or sedation to make your job easier. For radicular pain, if there's radicular pain, 
that occurs during LP insertion. Remove the introducer until the tip subcutaneous. Adjust the ankle 5 to 10 degrees away from the affected leg. Reinsert the introducer and a traumatic needle. That means you've gone, gone slightly off axis. Measuring the opening pressure, so in the lying position only. After the flow of CSF is achieved, measure the pressure. And you may uh, measure, you may use the stylet to control f- flow. You attach the manometer via a three-way stopcock and hold the zero marker at the needle level and position the manometer vertically. Allow the CSF to create a vertical fluid column in the manometer and wait until the level is stable and measure that level. Then, then you can uh, uh, reverse the direction of flow uh, with a three-way stop clock so that the vertical column of CSF flows into the um, CSF, uh, flows into the tubes for MCNS. In terms of post-procedure care for CSF testing, depending on your indication, you're going to be testing for xanthochromia, so bilirubin by spectrophotometry, and you've got to protect light. Uh, protect the sample from light in transport using foil. You're going to be sending for CSF, MCNS, cell count, protein glucose, also getting a finger prick, prick uh, glucose to do your ratio, and then consider PCR testing for specific infections, so Neisseria, meningitis, and then HSV, VZV, and enteroviruses. Importantly, the patient may mobilise. There's no benefit to bed rest that's been proven. And then, of course, document your procedure in terms of completion attempts and complications. Some tips. The pencil point needles cause less post-LP headaches than the beveled needles. It's recommended that introducer needles are used to aid the pencil point passage through the dermis and interspinous ligament. If only beveled needles are available, orient the bevel laterally to split the longitudinal fibres and minimise trauma to the the dura and uh, spinal cord or the equina. Smaller needles have lower complication rates, so 25 gauge versus 22. Larger needles, so 22 gauge, have an increased flow rate, of course, uh, and so make it much easier to measure opening pressure. And don't ever move the patient from lying to sitting with the needle in situ to measure opening pressure. Uh, If you're going to do that, take the needle out, reposition, and then reinsert the needle completely. Remember, simple analgesia is the initial treatment of choice for a post-LP headache, so paracetamol to start. Bed rest and patient position don't affect the incidence of the post-LP headache, and non-steroidals do not increase the risk of epidural hematoma with lumbar puncture. Lumbar puncture with coagulopathies carries about a 2% risk of epidural hematoma with risk of paralysis, and advancing an inserted needle without the stylet improves success without increasing the risk of epidermoid tumour. And the BMJ has a great uh, table demonstrating the difference between favouring the conventional needles and favouring the atraumatic needles that I recommend you have a look at. Thanks for listening. <laughs>